Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning's passage, uh, Focus Scripture, is from Luke chapter 24, 36 through 49. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh. And bones, as you see, I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they, were, they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you. While I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The grace that makes the difference in our life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, normally I say kids can run. Don't run. Everybody just sit down. Nobody runs today, kids. No one gets to escape. All together now. Aw, that's right. Aw, that's not fair. No Sunday school, I know. That's because we're going to breakfast, man. I'm buying you breakfast. <laughs> well, welcome this morning. I'm, I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to celebrate Easter with you and... Uh, what an exciting day it is. I, want, I, want, I do want to personally invite you uh, to stay after. Um, when we do get done here, we'll be going to the gym and, and enjoy breakfast with us, fellowship with us. I want to uh, just a few minutes spend talking about the, the series that we've been walking through uh, the, the, since Ash Wednesday when we were talking about the ashes of humanity and we were looking at different um, different aspects of Jesus' life. You may remember we talked about his temptation in the wilderness, his humility when he washed the disciples' feet, when he was contemplating about uh, drawing near to God, his sacrifice for others, his prayer in Gethsemane when he, when he cried out in a very real way, his concern, his humanness. And this morning, his resurrection, 
Whoops, sorry, I'm not going to get my page. I can't get my fingers to work. And so as we spend a few minutes talking about those attributes, we're reminded of that resurrection, that bodily resurrection, and the difference it makes in our own lives. I think we need to be honest. This is the day that people struggle most with Christianity. Whether we say it out loud or not, there are, there are struggles with the idea of asking how someone could die a horrible, traumatic, violent death and in three days come back to life. How does that work? See, I think we can handle the idea of Jesus' perfection. Well, maybe we all can't. But a lot of us can understand that piece, right? We, because we, we may strive for that. We can understand the passion of Jesus for others in helping other people and in being there for other people in giving of, a, of himself for other people. We, can, we have no problem understanding that he was a good moral man who walked this earth and helped others. He related well to people, especially those who were the least of these. Some even call him a good prophet. But was he really the savior of the world, as he claimed? Sure, he did some miracles. I'd be willing to bet that you and I have seen a few in our own lives. Miracles, things we couldn't explain away with science. But the struggle that people have with Christianity is this piece of, can he really have died? His body stopped? His organs quit working? For three days? And somehow, the world was turned backwards so that he might come back to life. It's actually an area of, uh, that they study. Thanatology is this idea that we understand what happens when we die. And we, when we study what it means uh, for a bi- biologically for a body to, to begin to decompose the moment that your heart stops pumping. Can this Jesus really have risen from the dead? That's what this whole passage this morning is about. It's about his buddies, his friends hanging out, and they hear this voice, right? Peace be with you. Now, they probably understood, the, they probably heard the voice, but didn't put it together. They were so, so positive that Jesus had died, that there was no way he could be alive. It's like, it's like meeting the right person in the wrong place, or the wrong person in the right place. You know what I mean? You see, like, your cashier from Aldi, and you see her at Walmart, and it's like, I know I know you, I know I know you, I know I know you, but I can't figure it out, right? My sense is that's kind of what was going on in this passage. They knew they knew, but it was beyond their understanding. Could Jesus really make that big a difference in their life? Could Jesus really make that big of a difference in our life, 
He turns and he shows them his hands. These are my hands. They're pierced. Do you got anything to eat, right? Do you got anything to eat? He asked for a piece of fish. I could go on and on, but I want to share with you a couple exhibits this morning. I'm going to ask uh, Dan Schumach if he'd come up. I'm going to find you a mic, Dan. I asked Dan to answer this question. What does the, what does the resurme- resurrection make a difference in his life? Okay, I'm going to put this thing down. Thank you, anyhow.
couldn't see dead people before, and this child was gone. His head had been over sideways, and his tongue had sticking out. And Max didn't know what to do. And he knelt down on that child, and he began to pray that he wasn't yet a Christian. And he prayed, Dear Heavenly Father, God, save this child. Save her. Take me. Take me right now. Save this child. A woman came breaking through the crowd. She introduced herself as a nurse. She said, can we give her CPR? And she said, no. Let's pray. Let's pray. Functional Christianity. So they both knelt down and they prayed for that baby. Well, the men in the crowd had began to gather around. They, they wanted some vengeance. And the women who were there gathered around him, locked their arms, and held the child back, even the mother, as they continued to pray for the baby. Well, then an ambulance backed up. They loaded the baby in and took her off. And Max's wife said, we got to get out of here. This is, this is going to explode. So they, Max couldn't move. He said, well, this is what happened. Max was praying for that baby, and he told me, this is his own words, that he was all of a sudden in like a dark room, no light, didn't know where he was at, and he got hit with like a bolt of lightning, and that lightning went through him, uh, paralyzed him, and the baby began to go in convulsions, uh, coming back. They loaded the baby into the ambulance and took off. Max couldn't get up. He couldn't move. They picked up Max, his wife and his friends, and threw him in the back of their van where they kept all their equipment. And a cop come up. An old stuffy cop with a three-day-old beard, dirty uniform, walked up, and they thought they were in trouble. And the, and the police officer said, put his hand on him and said, let me pray for you. Functional Christianity, prayer. Um, so the cop prayed for Max, and they were just getting ready to leave, and a motorcycle gang gathered around the van. And one of the guys from the gang pulled the door open, and now they thought they were in trouble. And the man handed Max a card that said, Fighters for Christ. And they stood there, and they prayed for the baby and for Max. Functional Christianity, as a church, we need to learn that in any situation, we're called on to practice a simple thing, functional Christianity, prayer. How many thousands and thousands of times is prayer mentioned in the Bible and in many different forms? Functional Christianity. I needed that. I needed to meet Max. Nothing else but to, to tell you that we as a church, we need to pray. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our neighbors. We need to pray when something happens and we're afraid to step forward. We need to practice functional Christianity. I guess that's what I got out of this Easter season. And I, that's what I got out of that match. And he needed to unload.
Exhibit B. So many of you in this room know that I went through a season in my life where I had clinical depression for about 10 years. Um, I am healed from that, and I'm not here to talk to you about that today. Today I'm here to talk to you about my spiritual walk and, and how God brought me to this point. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home, but I want to tell you how Christ pulled me into his life and into my, the life that I have now. Um, one time, and I had not heard about Christ. I had never heard that he died on a cross. I had never heard any of that. But one day, my dad had made this beautiful hearth in our living room. And one day, I was sitting there on the hearth and just thinking, as you do as children, you just think and think and think. And a thought, which I believe came from the Lord, came to my head. And the thought was, if I was here, or if I wasn't, there would be nothing. Like, if the Lord wasn't, there would be nothing. And I just sat there and mulled that in my head. If he wasn't holding this universe together, there would be nothing, nothing, nothing kept running through my head. So I thought about that for some time. And a few years later, I think it was 1984, the movie Footloose came out. And I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember, but when the movies came out <laughs> before the internet, you went and saw the movie more than once if you liked it. So the first time that I went and saw Footloose, uh, the lead in that movie was standing on a platform very similar to this, and he quoted Ecclesiastes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's quoting that Bible. So the next time that we went and saw Footloose, I made sure that I had something to write on. So I took a pen and a piece of paper, went into that dark theater, and I wrote it down, Ecclesiastes 3. And Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time to mourn and a time to weep and a time to dance. And, of course, that was his point. He wanted to dance. But I went home that night, and I tucked down that great big Bible, you know, the one with the lithograph of the uh, Holy Supper on it that you never touched and nobody ever had opened. I took that down, and I found that Ecclesiastes 3, and exactly what it was on the screen was in my Bible and I was absolutely blown away that that was there. So a few years later, about two or three, I met this guy named Dan at school. And that guy's family went to church, and they invited me to go to church. This was my first experience of going to a church. And I went there for about two years. There was a little church on a hill in Harbor Creek, and I heard every Sunday about accepting Christ as your Savior. And one Sunday, a lay pastor named Jerry Luciano was talking about the sanctity of life. And that day, I gave my heart to Christ. I couldn't believe. I thought it was the biggest secret ever held that this Christ came to have a relationship with me. And so four or five years later, after sitting on that hearth, I had a relationship with the one that hold the universe together. Since then, of course, many things have happened in my life. Many ways God has worked. I married Dan. I had three beautiful children. We get to serve in this community. I'm so thankful for what he has done for me, and I'm thankful to be an exhibit today.
Exhibit C. Come on up, Shane. Well, for those of you who don't know, I'm Shane, and um, hmm. I've been going to church my whole life, and I would say probably towards my late teenager years, um, I started having issues with uh, drugs and alcohol, and I'm an alcoholic, and I'm an addict, and there were times in my life where I felt completely doomed, uh, just felt like there was no way out of life, and there was a lot of suffering. And I had checked myself into rehab in 2020, and they were talking about the steps. And one of the steps is, first one, you need a higher power. And that clicked with me, knowing I needed Christ back in my life. He had been gone out of my life for so long, and it led to so many problems. And... What I could tell you, what I got from Christ from that point forward, and it was a process, don't get me wrong, um, I've, I have gotten hope in my life. I have some sort of peace in my life. Um, you know, I, before recently, I never really worked in a good work environment. He's offered me uh, two great jobs right now with a great work environment. That's all through prayer and, uh, you know, just working through that. Um, so for me, uh, Jesus is a symbol of hope, and he, he is a friend, uh, a true friend in my life, uh, and he's a friend to all of you. He, um, he'll always be there. All you have to do is turn to him, and uh, I'm very thankful for that in my life. He has changed, turned my life around, um, pretty much a 360 in my life, and I couldn't be more thankful for that. And what I want to remind everyone in this church and Sometimes the hard times can turn into blessings. All you need to do is turn to Christ with prayer. Um, seek fellowship through the church when you have these issues in your life. Uh, because Jesus can turn the impossible into, possible, into a possibility. Um, and that's, that's all I got. Thank you. I suppose we could probably continue to go on and on and on, but I might get fired because Donnie's probably already out there chomping. <laughs> but I do have a, I have a question for you. What will you do with Jesus? You heard a few testimonies of those who you know. The scripture passage this morning was all about Jesus connecting with the people who knew him best so that they would see that he was alive and they would share that with others. And so I'll ask you that question. What will you do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Will you merely be reminded of Easter morning? Easter dinner, maybe Easter breakfast. May you, maybe you'll be reminded of Holy Week. Maybe you'll 
remember that he died on a cross. Or maybe it'll change your life. What we've heard this morning were three opportunities for people to have their life changed. Don't minimize that. You can have the exact same thing. I would encourage you this morning to catch one of them, catch me, catch Brentley, uh, any of the deacons or uh, deaconesses, any of the leaders in this church. would love to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the difference it makes in our life. See, there's a, you don't have to come, you don't have to leave this place like you came this morning. You may have had burdens. You may not have fully believed. You may not have fully understood the sacrifice given for you. You may be struggling with the idea that someone could be dead for three days and come back to life. That may be part of what uh, is your holdup. Jeremiah 29, 13 reminds us that if we seek him with all our hearts, with everything we have, it promises we will find him. Scripture is very clear. We all have sinned. Not a one of us gets out of that. We all have sinned, and that sin requires death. And the sacrifice of that death was Jesus for us. If you don't have Jesus as a part of your life today, don't leave without him. That's the most important thing. Breakfast will wait. I promise there'll be plenty extra. Deal with the most important things first. Your eternal salvation is way more important than that breakfast. Come see me as we get prepared to sing the last song this morning. I want to encourage you to, you're more than welcome to come up. I'd love to pray with you. Or you can pray by yourself. I love, there are other people who would love to pray with you. Don't hesitate. Don't miss your opportunity. The time is nearing the end. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you this morning for the sacrifice, the death, the resurrection, and the difference it makes. We thank you for Dan Schumach's testimony of meeting Max, and Lord, um, the power of prayer. Lord, we thank you for Amy's testimony of finding you in the least uh, expected place. And Lord, we thank you for Shane's testimony, sharing of his struggles and how it drew him back to you. Lord, we ask that you would open the hearts of those who this morning don't have a relationship with you, haven't found you, that you would open their hearts now as we prepare to sing this last song. In your name we pray. Amen.